Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herich here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was a strong start to the week for our markets this week after the recent sell-off that we've seen over the last few weeks or so. So good to see a strong start to the first full trading week of December this week. We think it's going to be a strong into the year here, and I'll jump into all of that here today. Uh, but the headline story continues to be the new variant of coronavirus, Omicron, but not in the way that you might think. The story today is very different, and I was actually pretty surprised how much I saw it out there uh, for how much they try to push by they, of course, I mean the mainstream media um, and our, as we call here often, the permanent ruling class. What their narrative has been, of course, is one of fear mongering. What else is new? We've seen it time and time again over the last 20 months. What I was surprised to see today was how much people are starting to downplay the seriousness of Omicron. Uh, doctors in South Africa starting to show that where, where Omicron was originally discovered, that just like we expected, as you see with mutated viruses, cases are mild, deaths and hospitalizations are even more infrequent. Uh, so that is good to see. And good to see that narrative making its way through some of the noise and clutter of the fear-mongering that we've seen so much of. Even the director of the World Health Organization, the WHO, called the flight restrictions that have been implemented by Europe and the United States disappointing. Uh, now, I, I have no love here at all or any real respect uh, for the World Health Organization. Really, any of the organizations that, that call themselves the, the world this or the world that, much like the World Economic Forum, no respect for any of these institutions by any means. But... It's good to see at least one story coming from our side because the mainstream sources, you know, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, even the Fox Newses of the world, you know, they take these narratives from organizations like the World Health Organization and that's what they run with. So basically, the WHO is giving the all clear to propagandists across the globe to, all right, we'll ease up on this one a little bit. At least that's the way uh, that we see it here. And, you know, that's good to see. And at least the reason they're giving today for this increase in oil prices is that uh, there was a lot of fear that Omicron would lock down travel again, flight restrictions again. Uh, so oil got hit pretty hard and really in reality, you know, they always got to find a narrative for why these moves happen. And we try to explain it here as well. Uh, but, you know, we will, it's tough to attribute massive moves to just one thing or another. Oil really had come so far so fast. It was time for a bit of a pause. Got a little bit overdone. Now it looks like we're back off to the races here. Oil prices were up big today. Energy stocks up big today. So good to see the narrative shifting here. And on that same note, the 10-year yield also had plummeted from its recent highs of November 23rd. Nearly 20% from that peak hit a 1.67 at the top. Uh, got got below a one. Excuse me. Got below a 1.4 uh, at its lows. Let's see what the exact low was. Um, 
yeah, 1.35 on the exact low there. Today, rallying back as well, up 6.78% to 1.43. Still nothing to write home about on that 10-year. Uh, but our, our long-term view remains the same here, that, that, that interest rates are heading the way of Japan and Europe. Uh, we're probably the first people out there to say that we're looking at negative rates here in the United States. I mean, we also have massively negative real rates already. Uh, so you can see that happening. Uh, but there's still a lot of fear out there. We see Goldman Sachs over the weekend coming out and cutting their Q1 GDP target for 2022 by a percent and a half, cutting Q2 GDP targets as well. Uh, so on that note, a big reason why we continue to see yields falling from here. Uh, and... Uh, I just lost my train of thought there. Um, oh yeah, but overall, I mean, we've talked about this here on the podcast as well. We've we talked about it at length. We have entered the third term of Obama's presidency here. Now that doesn't mean that growth is going to grind to a halt here, but we're going to be looking at slower growth. But if you look at the stock market performance under Obama. It really didn't affect it much at all. Remember, so much of what we talked about, the stock market is not the economy. So that's why we continue to remain extremely bullish on this market, even though as a country, economically, we won't see the growth like we saw under a Trump presidency. But we could see a lot of those hopes changing as we head now into the 2022 midterms, right? So that's another major reason we see the Fed not being able to complete this taper. If we get another market freakout like we just had, you're already going to start here. You already are hearing the starts of, well, maybe we won't taper quite as much or quite as quickly as they're planning. And, and they'll move back interest rate hikes yet again. That's the story that we see unfolding over 2022. The Federal Reserve does not want to do anything that could potentially damage Democrats' chances, uh, which have already been so damaged for the 2022 midterms, uh, we think it is going to be uh, likely a red wave in 2022, and that's going to bring a lot of life into the stock market as well. When the government is in gridlock, it is the ideal time to be in the market because the market can digest whatever regulation is already in. You know, we're not going to get a whole lot more. We can work under this environment figure out ways to get creative, and then we see growth from companies coming. That's exactly what we see for 2022. And good to see also today, not just U.S. indexes performing well, but indexes from across the Eurozone as well. That's also despite massive CPI numbers coming out over the weekend. Uh, analysts talking about CPI expectations reaching as high as a 6.7% in Europe. That would be the highest rate since 1982. Uh, right after we just got November data out of the Eurozone, increasing 4.9% on that as well. That marks the highest level of inflation since the creation of the Euro. In Germany, it's expected to be 6%. So with those numbers coming out, and seeing global indexes shrugging that off to start off the week, up over 1% on a lot of these today, at least at the highs. Uh, 
you know, a lot of these might have pulled back a little bit into the close, but still most of them, you know, looking at the DAX right now of 1.42%. Strong start to the week and good to see it from, you know, these authoritarian countries that are that are in Europe right now. Uh, so, and we saw the same thing here in the U.S. today. And we see a lot of reasons why we could be looking at the turn here from this this sell-off that we've seen. First of all, primarily being that all of our major indexes had hit at or near extreme oversold territory on VRA momentum oscillators. And then we see it in our sentiment surveys here as well. The fear and greed index, which we cover here often, just three weeks to a month ago, we were at extreme greed territory at the upper 80s, right? That is extreme greed. That level has plummeted. Uh, this sell-off got so many people worked up, scared, got the VIX spiking. Today, our la- last week, we hit a low of a 20 on Friday. That is extreme fear territory here. That is good to see from our market. It's got some of that excessive bullishness that we've seen out. And even after a rally like today, we only got up to a 25, still extreme fear territory. So another factor there that tells us that the reversal is closer. Uh, we're closer to the end of this sell-off than the beginning of it. And then check this one out. This one is really impressive here. And as contrarians, we love this. On Friday, we saw the level of puts jump to the highest level on record. (laughs) That is extremely, extremely bearish there. Even we smashed the record from that, which was February of 2020. Folks, that was the beginning of coronavirus insanity. That was the beginning of the sell-off leading up to our March 23rd final capitulation lows that we got. So we blew through that number. Again, another sign here that the reversal is starting to take place. As we describe it here often, it's like a rubber band. We've stretched too far to the downside now. And at the very least, it's time for a bit of a mean revision back to the upside. But overall, we think it'll be more than just a, a, a bounce to the upside, kind of a dead cat bounce. We have been very bullish on this market and we continue to look for a rally here into year end. You know, maybe just a, a couple days too early to say that we're in the clear here because uh, we've really seen a lot of the, the seesawing action from the market where you get a really nice big up day and then two big down days and then another big up day followed by another big down day, making a newer low. So that's the pattern that we're watching for to change here uh, for our major indexes. It would be good to see another day or two of rallies to really say, all right, that's that's the end of the sell-off here. And with the sentiment indicators I just mentioned, the oversold conditions that I just mentioned, and this data from the put-call ratio, that all tied together does feel like the start of a turn here, the capitulation lows before the next move higher. So on that note, let's take a look at our major indexes on the day today. We were led by small caps up 2.05% to 2,203, followed there by the Dow up a nice 1.87% to 35,227. Next up, the S&P 500 up 1.17% 
to 4,591. And lastly here, tech. I mean, able to rally on a day even with yields significantly higher. And maybe one of the most impressive uh, indexes for the day today. After the open this morning, the NASDAQ was deep in the red and went deeper uh, in early trading right after the open today. Then got a big rally into the afternoon rallying. We finished 350 points off the lows. Uh, let me just double check. Uh, you know, don't ever want to get that wrong. That well, 350 points at the highs. We finished right about 200 points off the lows of the day, but still really good to see that reversal from the NASDAQ. Again, probably even though it was our lagging index of the day, that is still impressive action. Uh, then the VIX also falling significantly today, down 11% to 27. And then next up, looking at our internals on the day today, <clears throat> much better action here than what we've seen in the last few weeks. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks, just under three to one positive for the NYSE and closer, but still positive for the NASDAQ. Next up, new 52-week highs to lows. This has continued to be our weak spot, but as we also point out here often, this is a lagging indicator. And today's a perfect example of that and what we mean by a lagging indicator. So throughout the session, 52-week lows are compiled. If it hits a low and rallies off of it, it's still counted in this. So the NASDAQ's a great example. The lows of this morning from the internals really didn't get much worse throughout the day. So a lot of these tech stocks look like it finished well off their lows of the day today. Uh, so we finished with 657 stocks hitting 52-week lows on the NASDAQ. Still, certainly not what you want to see, but a lot of those didn't finish at those lows. And still, that was better than Friday's number where we saw 740 stocks hitting 52-week lows. So we want to see this trend continue to improve here, get a better reading tomorrow and then throughout the week as well. But remember, 740 stocks hitting 52-week lows it's the highest number of 52-week lows since March of last year, the massive coronavirus insanity sell-off. Uh, so again, when you start to see those types of numbers pop up, we look for that to be signs of capitulation. Uh, then next up here, the NYSE, a little bit better on 52-week highs to lows, still coming in just over two to one negative on the day-to-day. -day. So we'll look for that one to improve throughout this week. And lastly, volume coming in nicely positive here, just under four to one positive for the NYSE and just under two to one positive for the NASDAQ. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with all 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by industrials, consumer staples, utilities, and then energy stocks. And then our laggards on the day, if you want to call them that, since they all finished positive, were healthcare, tech, consumer discretionary, and real estate. And even though real estate, I mean, that I said laggards, right? Real estate was up 1.38%. So not, not much of a laggard. That's a pretty good day. And really housing as a whole has been probably the most impressive sector since the beginning of this recent sell-off. And as a leading economic indicator for the VRA investing system, it's a, one of the main reasons we remain so bullish here. While so many of our sectors were selling off 5%, 10%, uh, you know, getting to correction levels there, 
housing was the first to bounce back. XHB, the those are home builders ETF. I mean, we're just, you know, 90 cents away from an all-time high there, I believe is where we finished today. Uh, actually, yeah, right about that. So really good to see if we got another day like today, they would just blow through their all-time high. So tough to, you know, get too bearish here when you've got housing right right back, bouncing right back and getting to all-time highs. All-time highs are not a bearish occurrence. And finally for today, oh, actually, you know, let me touch on that as well. Another one of our leading economic indicators, the transports have also rallied back nicely up 2.26% today for the transport. So good to see from our two leading economic indicators. And finally for today, our VRA commodity watch, Gold now down a quarter of a percent to 1,779 an ounce. Silver down as well, 0.44% now to $22.38 an ounce. Copper having a good day today, now 1.65% to $4.33 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, rallying big here. Uh, again, on the hopes that this Omicron variant has been vastly overplayed by governments, uh, authoritarian regimes really across the globe. Uh, so now that it looks like they're, you know, they should unwind some of these lockdowns, you know, hopefully, uh, unless people continue to push back, they're going to keep pushing this as far as they can. So hopefully that's the case that they've gotten a lot of pushback. I mean, you see it in the protests in Europe that are never getting televised, right? You see it. I mean, massive, massive protests. And they've been doing it every weekend for five months and just no coverage anywhere unless you know the right sources. I mean, these aren't just coming from sources, right? This is video evidence of massive protests out in the streets. So love to see that continue. Uh, They can't ignore it for forever. But oil, again, up big on the day, up over 5.5% to $69.96 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin, which got smoked over the weekend. It has been selling off since uh, its all-time high at the beginning of November, but it looked like it was starting to find some support around that 55,000 area, just over over it and below it, right in that range though. And then on Saturday, just got crushed, falling all the way to 43,500. Uh, it's since gotten you know, a good amount of that back and was able to rally off the lows of today as well. Now basically even on the day, but it is positive up 0.04% to 49,259 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.